Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good afternoon and a happy Friday to everyone. Bit of a weird Friday. This has been recorded on a Friday, but it doesn't really feel like the normal Friday feeling that we're all used to. So I hope you're all safe and well. There's not really a schedule to when these are released. It seems to be a bit as and when, but to be fair, that's more for my mental health as well, because I've got a lot going on. But sometimes it seems monotonous, but I think these kind of impromptu conversations that we're having are very important and trying to still find my feet with this podcast and stuff at the moment. But anyway, I spoke to Tom and Kev from the Black Country Blokes, and uh, if you've heard it before, it's on our Togetherness podcast. They interviewed me, and uh, we had a really, really inspiring conversation talking a lot about mental health, my journey, how it's impacted me, but also education, what needs to be done, what should be done, how it's important for men to not suffer in silence. You know, we need to speak up. No matter who you are, it's not a weakness, it's a strength. If someone tells you to man up, in all due respect, just don't listen to that shit. It's not a weakness to talk and we should all be able to be open about our feelings. It's so important. The suicide rates are going up and up. Throughout the pandemic, there's been such a huge crisis uh, with children, young people, with adults and especially men. Men... Between age between 35 and 45, that's the highest suicide statistic. Um, and unfortunately, that's going up. So these conversations are really, really important. If you also have anything to say, if you want to come on the podcast, uh, my details you can see on there. You can email me, hello at thejoeplum.co.uk, facebook.com forward slash joeplumuk, Twitter and Instagram at joeplumuk. Joining the conversation, it'd be great to have you all there. But, yeah, so I spoke to Kevin Tom, feeling a bit down. I think everyone was last week, to be honest. Um, 
lockdown just started really affecting everyone. It felt like the, the reality had kind of hit. Couldn't go out, see our friends, family. Like we knew we couldn't anyway, but it's after Christmas. You know, everyone's worried about finances. Along with the financial impact of COVID, the news being so negative, not knowing when we're going to be out of this, uh, on and on and on and on. Kev and Tom have, ever since I was interviewed on the podcast, they've been by my side, you know, uh, and they helped me so much last week when I was struggling, felt like the four walls were just edging in closer and closer. I just felt like I couldn't breathe. I had a breakdown. Um literally had a breakdown uh, I messaged Shout as well great charity because I just needed some support but anyway I'm not going to waffle on listen to our conversation because it was a very inspiring one and uh, I'm calling this Minds in Collaboration not just Pandemic Conversation so here we go have a listen So thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, we've got Kev and Tom from the Black Country Blokes, who are a group of lads who raise awareness of mental health, uh, really emphasise the point of how key it is to talk, to not suffer in silence and to raise the awareness that is crucial. Uh, we are amongst a big pandemic at the moment, which is having a massive effect on everyone's mental health and well-being, some in different ways and some with uh, those who have an, an already diagnosed mental illness or mental illnesses, if that's the right word. I don't know. But, yeah, Kev, Tom, thank you for joining. Um, do you want to introduce yourselves? Um, Kev, do you want to go first? I've been you guys. My name's Kev Dillon. Um, I'm the head coach of a, lo- a boxing club within the Black Country in the West Midlands called the Lions ABC. Um, I've been involved in boxing all of my life, um, but unfortunately I lost my vision when I was three and a half with viral meningitis. And, you know, one just lose my eyes. You've been that different kid at school, so you're off scrapping and getting into trouble. And because I couldn't compete, I felt like I had to be a man by fighting and showing off the baddest man in the room. And it, 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 all it brought me was stress. You know, stress of never actually being me. You know, I was, I was always funny. I always had a laugh and a joke or had a bad temper. Then I go into coaching when I think I was 18. That's 19 years ago. I'm actually still really old. Uh, and when I was in the gym and around the circuit talking about people, uh, and they'd, they'd have problems, and then more opened up about having anxiety through most of my adulthood and having depression on and off for, once again, all my adulthood. And then when you, when you start breaking it down and talking to people, you realise you're not the only one. And that was the greatest lesson I ever learned. I wasn't the only one who was feeling all things. And then uh, Lee Cadman, Aaron Jew, and Craig Pinches and me started this Black Country Bloat. Because we call it the Black Country Bloat, because I was from the Black Country, I'm a bloat. But at the moment, everything's Essex and Geordie. And I thought, small communities, you know, and Black Country was uh, helped the country, you know, 
Black Boy Day because of all the, the mines and uh, the foundries and Red Boy Night because of all the, the factories. So we started this off getting people to talk. And how easy it is to get people to talk. You know, once you open the floodgates, it's brilliant. But getting that first person to have that first honest conversation, that's a talk. But more of us to do it, easier it becomes. Because this, as you said, this is a pandemic, this suicide. This suicide, we're hearing so many poor souls. I think it's 18 people a day completing suicide. 75% of those are blokes. 1% is a minor under 18. But this is a pandemic that we can solve just by having conversations, just by saying, how are you? And even though we're all locked in our own homes now, we can still reach out. We can still let people know that they're low. And this is why we get people on different um, boxers and uh, experts. And then just your, your average day window cleaner who comes on saying, I've been through the mill, but this is how I deal with it. And we have a little saying on the Black Country Blokes, find your medicine. Because if we all had the, that one medicine, that one diet that could make us all healthy, we'd all be taking it. But the real truth of it is there's a different way for all of us. But if we can say, you know what, Joe, this worked for me, or you know what, Tom, this didn't work for me, we're getting a better understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely, mate. Thank you very much. Um, you know, this isn't just a pandemic conversation. This is something that should happen all throughout. I think that's very key to what you guys do, what we are all do, trying to do. Um, you start the conversation and not just because there's a pandemic going on at the moment. This is something that needs to be spoken about all the time to realise it's okay to not be okay. And I didn't know Kev or Tom uh, at all before the pandemic or just even before a couple of weeks ago. Um, we talk quite regularly now and uh, we've formed a nice friendship, you know, checking up on each other. And uh, no, it means a lot. So thank you both as well. Because um, it's, it's been a tough couple of days and having you both on the end of the lines helped a lot. I forgot to mention how we got Tom involved because he'd come on our show. Funny enough, he was cutting um, Lee's hair. I think it was in October-ish, Tom? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, about October, November. Yeah, it was, yeah, October, yeah. And do you want to tell them how you and Lee just started having a rattle? Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's just like you said, it was um, just cutting Lee's hair one day and it was funny because, you know, as I've said to a lot of people, you know, I've cut his hair a lot of times and, you know, I never even knew he was doing this podcast and I think, you know, it's one thing that I look back on now and it's, you know, I, Literally said, what are you doing tonight? Um, he said, we do a podcast. Uh, it's about mental health. Um, with my sort of history of mental health problems and issues, you know, it sort of alarmed me straight away. I thought, you know, like, because I, I think we, I've spoke to you about it both before. I, I, you know, I've done a lot of counselling and things, which, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes I felt like it didn't. And I think, you know, after, you know, watching people say, you know, how much talking helps, I think after coming on the show and, and you know, sharing my story and experiences, yeah, you know, I, I felt a lot better instantly. To be honest, I think you know there's there's a certain buzz you can get sometimes off just letting things off your off your chest, and you know knowing other people do hurt as well, and you know it's normal to hurt kind of thing. Um, yeah, so you know I did the did the podcast, um, and then I think you know I just kept thinking about it at work for a few weeks afterwards, and you know I thought I really, really want to get involved in this, and uh, you know I spoke to Lee and yourself, and then you know we did a, obviously have done quite a few podcasts since then, and you know it's just something that especially throughout this lockdown has been, you know, something to keep me focused on, you know, really positive. I feel, you know, it's helping other people. And, 
as, as Joe was just saying, you know, I'd like to thank him as well because you know we had a little chat yesterday on the uh, the day before yesterday. Sorry, on the phone, and you know, I think I think everyone's just been been feeling a bit down lately, and you know, it's amazing how, like you say, just just one little phone call or message to someone, you know, you, you come off the phone and you, you feel in a lot better mood than than you did before. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's really important to look out for each other, especially in times like yeah. We don't have that human contact, and I think that's what we're all longing for at the moment. Now, the start of our third lockdown in the UK, uh, and it's this this initial feeling again after you feel like you're getting out of one, and then it, it might not happen, and it feels a bit free, and then you push back into it, and it's it seems to be this last week, I don't know about you guys, but everyone, or not everyone, but a majority of people, it seems to be hitting them hard now, realising that they can't go and see their friend. They can't do certain things. And as I said to both of you on the phone, um, to Kev today and to Tom the other day, it just feels like the four walls are just get closing in more and more each we normally, day. We normally get down January anyway, because we've had the euphoria of Christmas and drinking, eating prezzies. Then when, you, when you're in January, you've got nothing to look forward to. The, the summer seems so far away. We're broke because we spent all our money. So we normally get down this time of the year anyway. The weather's shit and everyone's... But normally, we've had a Christmas where we've least seen Joe, Tom, Mom, Dad, Nanny, Sylvan. We've all been together. And what do you say? We're sick of seeing our family. But at the moment, because we haven't had that buffer, we've been locked in with our loved ones. I love my Kate, my daughter, more than life itself. But when you... <laughs> And you're just talking about the same thing. Well, what you've been up to? You know what I've been up to? I walk up and down the garden, or you know what I've been up to? I'm sat on the couch watching the same people as you. And when you phone up, you're good mates. All right, Joe, what you been up to? Nothing. So this is where we've really got to dig into that well of friendship and just sometimes just talk about people, some saft thing that we've seen on the internet, or you know, bloody hell, do you remember that song from back in the day? I heard that for the first time ages. And I think that's what we've got to do. It's called an earworm. Like, we're a DJ of our own head. But a lot of the time, we, we've got that depressing song going over in my head. Like, you listen to, I'm so lonely. Acorn, love it. <laughs> but we've got the ability to change the record. So, in the first lockdown, me and Jazz, I bought us some uh, CDs. I'm that old, I CDs. And... Uh, <laughs> we, were listening, we were dancing every day to the best of Disney, like, Akuna Matata. And I was thinking, oh, I can't be sat with my little girl. Who can I be? And then we're getting phones on the on the phone, like walk like an Egyptian, and just having that three minutes of just being silly to a bit of music. And I think that's what we've got to do. It is what it is, and we can't change it by worrying. Worrying is like riding a rocking horse. You can do it all night, but you're not getting anywhere. What we can do is change our perception of what's going on, and that is so easy to say, very difficult to do, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, it's been quite weird. I think we've all kind of had a blast from the past throughout this, like Venga Boys yeah. yesterday. <laughs> Cheesy as hell, but all the old school tunes and then the cha-cha slide, like <laughs> probably the only dance I could do alongside the Macarena. Um, but it's mad how just these little things really impact how we feel. And it's important, I think, to release your inner child quite a bit um instead of just trying to be this i'm gonna say adult but i don't mean it like that and just ad, adulthood's very 
very samey, quite boring. There's a lot of responsibility. Um, I always wish my life away. I was like, oh, I wish I was older and could do this. No, I just want to go back to being a kid again, if I'm honest. Like, take away the struggles in school bit, but yeah. having none of that responsibility. Um, top- when you get older, a year passes like that, doesn't it? Because we've done, yeah. we've seen, we've heard everything. But when you're a child, the six weeks holidays seem to go on forever because every day it was something new and exciting. It's wow. And look, my daughter says, I'm bored. I went, being bored is the greatest gift you can have because then you have to occupy your mind. No, exactly. And Tom touched upon it. Like it's it's difficult at the moment. Um and in a minute if you could like just give some advice, like how are you getting through the day? Because there's obviously people are furloughed at the moment, working from home's difficult, you know, especially when you're living with your, your other halves or if you're just in your own space really, you can't focus or having less to do, letting your mind wander, it can really get you down. Um so how have you both been finding it? Tom, you touched upon it earlier. Yeah, I think for me, it's really difficult. Um, and I think we've spoke about this before, you know, what I do as a job, I'm, I'm sort of, especially on my feet all day, my hands are always moving, I'm always talking, seeing different people, you know, 20 different people in a day. And I think it's always something that it's crazy, really, because when I'm at work, I always feel like I struggle with that. But then the problem is with me, and I've said, the, I think I said this to you the other day, the first two to three weeks of, of a lockdown, a sort of, you know, you feel like you've had two or three weeks as holiday at work and, you know, there's just nothing to do and you, but you can kind of cope with it. And then I think after you get past about three weeks, you know, you start to think, oh, you know, what am I going to do? And it, I think it hit me the other day when me and my partner, we was just sat here because she's still uh, still working from home. And she said, you know, oh, I, don't, I don't actually know what I'd do if I was you and I had nothing to do. And it, it kind of hit me then. And I think for that day, then I was like, oh, I've, got, I've got nothing to do. And, you know, even though we, we do this with the, the, the black country blokes, you know, sometimes, like you say, being on social media all day, you know, you have to just step away from it. And I think I think that's definitely, and I retouched upon it the other day, I think the key is to try and, you know, just keep your mind active. I know it sounds really cliche, but, you know, even just going, going for a walk, you know, I'll go for, probably shouldn't, we'll go for two or three walks a day sometimes, just to, even if it's 15 minutes, just to, you know, because it does give you that bit of buzz, like you say, put your earphones in if you're on your own or, but, you know, I, I think it's difficult and I think I could probably answer your question easier if I knew how long the lockdown was going to be. But I think that's the thing, even though, you know, we keep hearing, oh, everyone's going to be vaccinated, you know, what are the rules going to be? How long is this going to last for? So I think, yeah, my advice really is just, you know, just try and keep keep yourself active, you know, even if it's just, like you say, putting some music on and dancing around the room or doing karaoke on YouTube or you know, drawing anything really just to just to try and try and keep active. I think the uncertainty, the uncertainty of what's going on at the moment is a real, is a real big thing. Like we all live with uncertainty every day, but now because we don't know when we're getting out of this, I think that's causing the most distress to people. And it's, in, I think it's important just to focus on the here and now and what's happening today instead of looking too far forward. Public Health England today had said that half of the population. Um, have said that it, the pandemic made their mental health worse and 56% in the survey said their mental health had declined because they're missing friends and family. Again, that human human contact. Um, and, I mean, Kev, we spoke about it uh, over the phone and when I was on your podcast when you were interviewing me. It seemed like the first lockdown 
everyone was saying hello. You'd stop and speak to a stranger. It, it was, I don't know, there was something quite uplifting and that gave me more of a buzz about the world we live in um, and how we treat each other. But these last two, we seem to have lost that. There's not that hello or having the conversations with people now. I think everyone just seems to be struggling with that aspect of things. And two things. One of the point out what you just said, bang on, by the way. But it's like, as you say, in that first lockdown, it's like, how are you? You didn't know the bloke from Adam, but he was happy to talk to someone else because he was as frustrated. And you could genuinely see that that human connection, whether you were from a different religion, a different colour, different sex. It was, I'm going to the shop. If you need anything, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on your doorstep. But then it only lasted a little bit because because a nation, the problem with peace, the problem with peace is, how can I sell you something if you're happy? If your belly's full, you're warm and everything, fear is a great way of controlling. And I think that's what the media has done so well, getting everyone that hyper sense of fear, because they can control you then. It's so easy to avoid the people. It's so hard to put everyone back together. And oh, I'm wondering where that's going to happen. And the other thing, what you're saying about like, half the nation with mental health problems. And if you think about the mental health problems before all this, then poor buggers like ourselves who've been suffering, this is just, you know, just threw petrol on the on the fire. But what it's done is people who've never understood it's important to have what you want to make yourself first and your attention seeker. Now they've had a taste for depression. Now they've had a taste for anxiety. And I hope to God it'll make a change. But what I fear is when we get back to the real world, like when you're on holiday and you go, tell you something, when I come off this holiday, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. I'm just going to live it every day. By the time you've come through the airport, you got back home, you're back to your hotel, and that's what I'm frightened is going to happen again. I just hope we can learn a lesson from this. But do I actually think it will? I don't know. No. Um, I hope, the, like well, I think we've all said, I hope the government kind of realise the importance of the NHS and the funding that needs to be put into the mental health system. There was um, another story that came out today in the Daily Telegraph saying... Um, those who felt suicidal, who in who are at risk of immediate harm or danger to themselves or others, um, trying to seek some help in A and E that have been suicide attempts, overdoses, self harms, and it was a minimum wait of eight hours to actually talk to someone. And sitting there, I don't know if you guys have been through it. Like for me, when I've been in that crisis, done something to myself, eight hours is stuck in an A&E full of people you don't know at the moment. I can't even begin to imagine how hard it is. Everyone's got masks on. You're sitting there drowning in your own thoughts. And it just, we've got such a, our system is just failing so many times. It's not, that's not down to the people that work in it necessarily. We are very underfunded, but what this has put so, uh, highlighted massively is there is more that needs to be done and more we all need to work together and support each other. Will that happen after the lockdown? I'm unsure. I think we can all say we'd hope and say yes, but are we just going to go back to normal lives and everyone's like, yeah, that's over, right? I'm just going to continue as normal, do my own thing now. I, I hope not. But. Well, we were saying, Joe, I think it was me and you, were saying, wouldn't it be great? We've got a non annoying We've got one one one. Everybody had like a one one two or a nine nine zero, whatever it is. 
as a, a hotline for mental health. Because you go, oh, I'm in a crisis, I've got to find a Samaritans. What's the number? 024 But if there was just that quick fire thing, because we had the Samaritans on our show, and it was amazing. They were saying, I don't know, 80 or 70% of it, I don't want to get the stats wrong, weren't about suicide. They were just, I'm in a bad place. And just having that impartial person to help them. But they're a charity. But if we could have a government-run thing where it's, uh, I'm very suicidal now, blue lights, get around there. Or, you know what, I'm having a wobble. Well, Mr. Dillon, go to your GP on Monday and you can get some help. Do you understand? I think that if we had something along those lines, maybe we'd start seeing the numbers come down. Or maybe we'd actually get a, a truer figure of the numbers. Yeah, and I think having that step-by-step plan that kind of works makes you feel better. Like if it's seeing the GP, we'll get some help, we'll get a plan in place, some meds initially or some therapy, whatever it may be, that's important. But at the moment, people don't know how long they're going to be waiting. I don't think a referral system is appropriate for something when it's mental illness or mental health. Um, It shouldn't just be being referred and waiting. People need that help there and then because this is why we see the suicide rates go up i mean tom you in your job you see public on a day-to-day basis and i bet you've uh, i don't know whether do you talk about it do, do people talk about it to you about how they're feeling their mental health um i think yeah yeah and no more so the last you know, 18 months, years, year or so. But, you know, I've always said the problem is with it and, you know, it's been various different places I've worked, but the problem is, is when, when you do have someone who's very open, if, hang on, I'm just trying to word this, if there's no one in the shop and you're with that person and they're opening up, yes, because there's no one else around, but as you can imagine, and I think we'd all be the same ourselves, when you sit in, in that chair sometimes and there's other people around, you know, other people having their air cut, other people are waiting. As it gets busier, maybe if someone is having that conversation, they'll shut it down quickly. And again, I think that's just the fear of, oh, I don't want anyone else to hear, hear this. Or, which, you know, obviously they're sort of comfortable with you to tell you. But, you know, I've, I've, I have had it more, I'd say, in the last year. Um, people talking about it but again I just think it comes down to you know people are too scared to be judged by other people and as we you know we've all just said I think that's something that even after this lockdown has you know we've got to remove the stigma of that because you know I've I've been in that situation myself as you were saying and you know when you're at crisis point it's you can't even like comprehend how like you know horrible it is it's literally like there's no one else there you know your heart's racing you just you don't want to move and you know, it's, it's hard, it is hard making that phone call, but it, as you've just said, I mean, if people are waiting, what, eight, nine hours now, it, you know, by that time, you know, what percentage of people would have already done the damage by then? Exactly, and it's, why would you want to reach out if you know you're going to be waiting that long? And approaching, yeah. taking that step is difficult phone calls. This is why checking in is so important, just how are you? It's as simple as a smile walking down the street. You know, someone could say good morning to me while I'm walking the dog in the morning, and like oh that was really nice I'll get really happy and be like I don't even know you but you've just smiled said good morning and it does lift your spirits a little bit just because someone's kind of taken notice that you're there do you think on the flip side Joe you know someone walks down and says hello to you and smiles you then will do to the next person but if someone shoulder bars you tells you to f off 
you're more likely to do that to the next person. So there's yeah. a domino effect. If we're kind and we spread that out, the only thing we want to be contagious at the moment is compassion and kindness. And we are what we sow. So if we're nice to people, hopefully they're nice to the next person. Instead of giving back, give forwards. It is a rippling effect and it has such a massive impact, you know, even just on social media, like what you guys do, you know, the messages you've shared and it kind of reverberates onto everyone else and people pick up that positivity. And you see that from the comments, the the feedback that you guys get. Me this morning, I put um, the, the a kindness message out and it was, oh, it's a Monday. People don't like Mondays. It doesn't feel much different at the moment. Um for myself it just feels like a Sunday still but you know it's it's important that we keep spreading this love and kindness do you think though like going back to the point do you think like especially in jobs like yours Tom there should be more emphasis on maybe putting signs there going how are you today starting the conversation in supermarkets just having a, a message of kindness or something just to lift people's spirits up, make people aware, but to get that conscious, people to, to start thinking consciously about other people, their own mental health, even if it's just leaving a, a phone number for, say, Shout or Samaritans yeah. on the wall or just scanning a QR code, save it to your phone because you need to chat to someone because you feel like you're getting to that point. There's simple things that we could be doing. Do you think that should happen? Yeah, I mean, um, there's a, a thing on, I think it's on Instagram called uh, the Lions Barber Collective. Um, and, it, you know, so it's, it's a really cool sort of thing that the guy's doing. I, think, I don't know the story properly, but I think he's one of his close friends committed suicide uh, few, quite a few years ago now. Um, and he, he was obviously a barber and he, he set up this, you know, they, they offer sort of Zoom calls. And, you know, that what they do is they invite barbers to, you know, go on this Zoom call. I've done it myself. You know, it's only about 45 minutes and it's just, just a bit of awareness, really, you know, to spot signs of people, you know, when how to talk to them if they are opening up to you, how to sort of deal with that and, you know, not to sort of push it back on them too hard, don't ask too many questions sort of thing. And I, I, I think things like that, you know, would definitely be in a lot of jobs similar to mine. I think, you know, Kev working in the boxing gym. I think anyone who is working that close contact with people all day should have, uh, definitely hairdressers and barbers should have um, some sort of, um, counselling or you know something like that um, sorry certificate you know just to say that you, you you know how to you know talk to people you can recognise signs symptoms things like that and you, like you said you know you can point them in the right direction you know even if it's five minutes where you need to say do you want to just you know come upstairs for five minutes have a chat with them you know just away from that environment of other people there just just things like that really you know I think it could make a massive difference definitely um but again, I think the problem is sometimes is that, you know, a lot of uh, business owners, shop shop owners, I think, you know, they probably say, oh, that 10 minutes, what you're doing, that, that could be, a, you know, more money. And I think that's the balance, isn't it? And that's the thing that, you know, it's not just, it's not just colleagues as well. It's, you know, bosses. And I think, you know, I've worked for, for different people who have struggled with mental health issues. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier, I think, to put that on someone when they've been through it, whereas someone who's never sort of, struggled with mental health issues it's quite quite hard to get them to to get on board with you i totally agree like to that point though is it not more cost effective to just have a chat for 10 minutes than for someone to feel so down and depressed that they have to be signed off because 
they need that therapy and help because they haven't been able to open up a talk and they don't feel safe to go into work. So you're losing a staff member. You're having to also pay them their statutory sick pay or whatever. Yeah. So surely it's more cost effective to get workplaces nationwide, worldwide, to have someone trained, whether it's everyone or one person, two people high up, trained in counselling, so the signs to look out for, how to talk to the person, how to help. And it's the same, a big thing that we all agreed on, like the education in schools. You know, there's such a, a big gap in the awareness in schools, one by teachers, but by students as well, you know, and you can't blame young people for not having that understanding because it's something that one you need to kind of you gain that experience as you go on in life but you do need a form of education around it as well to make everyone every child every person feel like they're in an inclusive environment like they're not just singled out amongst all these other people what bang on because you know we've got to start from when they're young if you can get some more Jasmine, she's five years old, and get her explaining, well, why are you hitting people? Or why are you shy? Or why are you angry? And actually get to the bottom of what they're feeling like that, then get to someone who's 25 and he's been in that prison all his life, because he's pretty set in his ways. He can change, but it's hard to change someone. It's easier to create a habit than it is to break a habit. So if we can get that habit of just being open, talking, I'm aware of what's happening because that's the trigger. So how can I put that trigger back down? I might have a better chance of living a happier, fuller life. Totally agree. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound, um, I don't know whether people would agree with me on this, but lessons like religious education, for example. I, a lot of people when I was in school didn't really see much point in that. It was like, well, you know, I can learn about this. You learn about, a lot of the stuff in history anyway, from the way the religions have come up. Why can't you take away a lesson like that and actually have one lesson that's dedicated into just everyone opening up, talking, or it could be called peer mentoring. That could be a lesson in itself where you switch around every lesson, but you just talk to each other. How are you? Are you okay? Getting that conversation going and that understanding. So everyone's on that same level and it's not, feeling like it's being bottled up and there's teachers obviously around overhearing the conversations just in case they need to step in. But I think that's crucial. And I yeah. have talkers come in, you know, not like, um, I don't know, like uh, someone famous, just a local lad from a, be it a, a, a local footballer or a local boxer or a local coach or someone coming in going, look, this is how it is. This is, I'm not here to sell you nothing, but I'm telling you words do hurt. I was bullied, I've had this, or anxiety, and explain the difference between nerves and anxiety. You know what I mean? Because I think more we just throw around words, oh, I've got a migraine, run it, eh? Well, if I take my glasses off, I'm blind. No, you just got bad eyes, or I'm ever so anxious. Why? I'm about to jump in that boxing ring. Well, if you ain't nervous jumping in that boxing ring, you're a psychopath. We need nerves, and nerves have pushed me off from my life, but anxiety, when you have an anxiety attack, or God, I feel, honestly, look, I'm going to, have a, I'm going to stroke out. Look, I'm going to die. But more is just thrown around with these, these words. Oh, I'm depressed. Why? Um, because Joe didn't buy me a beer when I was a... No. 
you're a bit down, you're a bit offended. Depression's when you can't be, you can't pull yourself off the settee to go and eat or to go and brush your teeth. I'd just like to point out, I'd always buy you a beer, Kev. Well, so Cheers, man. <laughs> it's more we throw around these words. I've got OCD. Why? I, I, I wash up a lot. You're a clean freak. And I think more we throw these words around, so we have to be going into these places to educate people on the meaning of the words and the severity of it when you have got one of these conditions. And education's key. And I think more we can get people to talk about it, the better. Can I just, I'm off on a tangent, sorry, Joe. But <laughs> no, no. We had, a, we had a, a course at the gym and we had a super heavyweight at Littlands. We had a hypnotherapist called the club and he says, What's the five things that everyone's frightened of? And he goes, Dying, or my partner dying, getting sick, heights. And he goes, Embarrassment. And everyone sat back in the chair and went, Embarrassment. He goes, What are you frightened of, Kevin? I went, oh, I'm not very good at reading. He goes, um, What would you rather do? Jump in that ring. And potentially get hurt or stand up in front of these people and read. I went, I'm getting that ring. And then he points out to someone else, goes, what, what are you afraid of? He goes, uh, asking a girl out, goes, what would you rather do? Get in that ring and get beaten up. He I'll jump in the ring, I'm a fighter. So we would put something on the back burner, you know, where it might make me feel uncomfortable. We put ourselves in physical danger before we make ourselves feel uncomfortable. And that was a great lesson to me because I was looking around at all these people different religions, different boxing abilities. And we all had that thing. We would rather put ourselves in physical harm than to make ourselves feel uncomfortable. And that comes down to having a conversation. How will Joe and Tom perceive me if I'm very vulnerable? You know, some days I'll go out, I'll box, i do all this, and i go and have a cry because I just feel down. Or sometimes I can't go shopping because I have that amount of fear come over me. I feel like I'm going to hyperventilate and die. But more we can get around those awkward conversations, which, you know, what's the worst thing? Oh, you titty baby. Or they might say something nasty. But, you know, if they say something nasty about me being vulnerable, they're just a nice person. And do we really want them people in our lives? So I think once we can overcome these awkward conversations, more we talk about them, less awkward they become. Yeah, I totally agree, especially the terminology. And I think even in our own GP practices as well, is I see so many people, like, for example, depression and being sad yes i'm feeling sad but so many people use the term depression so you're sad or you've got a problem which is clinically depressed that's something that's the chemical imbalance um i, I don't know because like i said earlier the mental health system it's a quick fix it's medication for a lot of people sign you off work it seems to be too easy to use that as an excuse and the terminology that we've all, all got used to is now being misused and maybe that's what's overstretching the system as well, causing, uh, I'm not saying that people who, who are feeling sad, I'm not saying you shouldn't get help, that's fine, but there are people with a, with a mental illness or something there that maybe the terminology that's being used is now actually causing more issues than good. And like you said, the anxiety is a good thing. For me, I'd never be able to do things like this. My life, public speaking, you know, I, I touched upon the bullying and how I just never had any friends. It wasn't until I started my, my organisation and that went, boom. Like, that made me anxious. And standing on a stage in front of a, a thousand people at an event felt like my heart was just going to come out of my skin. 
it was horrible but these things push us they make us and it's not a bad thing you know once you get through one point it's like going on a roller coaster having a fear once you get on one roller coaster you're like oh let's do that again you get the adrenaline and you want to do it again you become more used to doing it and i think like as you're saying there like roller coaster what drove me a roller coaster up down loop the loop then where you're going to be from merry-go-round and that's you know you've got to pick one, funny enough, one's always got a bigger kid than the other when you go to these um, amusement parks. But, and, and I think, like, your analogy getting back onto it, like, um, it always takes one person to do it first. You know, if you're all there and um, I'm going to jump off the highest uh, diving board, and you go, oh, well. <laughs> it always takes that one person to do it first. And once that one person does it, everyone's doing it. What's that saying? Um, uh, impossible. Is a large word that small people throw around to stop other people achieving their goals. And everything's impossible until one person does it. So I think just reach out and be that, that jet setter, that first person to do it. You'll see and how many people up, follow you. Break up the word. It actually spells I'm possible yeah. as well. So, I, I, sorry, I've always liked that. Everyone's found that really corny, but I like that saying. Yeah. Um, just touch it. I think what, what Tom said earlier, you know, something simple, you know, with the barbers having a meetup, a Zoom conversation, even just doing something like this. I think this is so important, especially when it's people you haven't necessarily met face to face, like properly before, like us guys. We've uh, every conversation that we've had recently and we haven't known each other, it's been nice because you haven't got that fear of judgment or someone spreading shit about you whatever it may be actually it's been very like heart to heart very honest uh, and maybe this is something that needs to be done on a wider scale I mean that's got my head going now so um I might try and do something like that but what if three lessons or three things that you want to change from all of this what would you guys guys want to do but go first Tom yeah, got my go first. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the main thing you know, I'd, I'd like to change. Do, do, sorry, Joe. Do you mean as uh, to get changed together, or just sort of individually? Together or individually? Toge- yeah. Like what needs to be done? Yeah, I think you know, as we were touching on before, I think the main thing for me is we need to take this going forward now into you know in, into the sort of the normal world when it do, if or when it does go back to that, um, you know, and and, and just just carry on and, and like you said I think it's funny that you just said that then actually about you know uh, video calls and stuff because I, I've noticed you know I've, I think I've definitely opened up a lot more in the lockdowns on video call to different people than I would face to face maybe that again you know maybe that's something we definitely need to to break down but I think I think you know just just getting together I think community I think you know is very key going back to what Kev was saying in the first lockdown you know about uh, good spirits you know people helping each other out I mean when I went back to work people were saying oh you know we set up our own whatsapp group for the street now and you know oh, we one of us gets the milk one of us gets this and just just things like that really I think you know as you just said why can't we I hope you know that we can change and sort of take that into you know everyday life and just just be a lot more community and you know rather than trying to sort of compete with each other all the time and you know be better than one each other you know we're we're all the same and like, as we've said we all go through similar things so I think that that's probably the main thing for me Love it What about you Kev? I think people have got to realise they're allowed to have a different opinion they don't take everything to heart 
Well, me, me and the lads, we'll, we'll have a talk about whatever it is. We'll have different opinions, but we don't go, uh, I'm never going to talk to you again. We, but what's that? Everyone's got the right to an opinion, unless you disagree with me, because then you're an Nazi. <laughs> and I just think, we've just got to have that kind of understanding. Unless it's a core, core value, and someone is vital. You know, let them have their opinion. You know what I mean? Because that, that's what makes us different. Listen to because I love being proved wrong. Oh, I do. Never been that clever. Never, I've always struggled to learn. So I'm, I'm picking gems off people every day. And when people are so close-minded, they can't listen. You're never going to learn. So don't take yourself so seriously and listen, because you never know when you might find something interesting. Love it. Well, thank you so much for for joining. I know it's only a short conversation, but I think these things are really key. And, you know, there's people that listen to to our stuff, um, especially your, you guys. Like, you've done some amazing work. You spoke to, was it Alex Brooker the other day? Did I He's see? coming on tomorrow. On tomorrow. tomorrow. 7.30 on Facebook and YouTube on our, you, on our page. Are you guys looking forward to that? That's a, I love Alex Brooker. I think he's amazing. Well, one of the young lads who I teach boxing, he's got the same condition as Alex Brooker. Um, but I think it's a bit more severe. And it, his dream, Oscar, his dream is to be the first Paralympian boxer. So that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, and hopefully one day, because now if you're going to do anything, now's the time. But you can literally do anything you want. When I lost my eyesight back in the 80s, it was, no, you can't, you're different. You know what I mean? But this is the time when anyone can do anything. So don't give up on your dreams, because you never know. It might just come true. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, thank you once again. Um, I'll post a link, obviously, to your guys, uh, to your content as well. We'll have to do more of these, but yeah, it's it's really crucial that we keep opening up, having the conversation. Um, no matter who you are, man, woman, whoever, uh, it's okay to talk. It's okay to not be okay. And if someone tells you to man up and not for, don't let anyone invalidate your feelings basically we all need to keep that conversation going it's important it's a tough time for many but we're in this together and uh, no matter how long it goes on we're stronger together but let's all just keep strong keep hanging in there and keep talking I think it's really important so guys thank you so much for uh, for joining me thank you uh, no, thank, thank you thank you mate So once again, thank you so much. So thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, we've got Kev and Tom. I apologise. But thank you so much again to Kev and Tom for joining. Uh, we'll be back soon. Another Togetherness podcast. We'll be talking to Victoria English and to Susie Hills Uh, uh Victoria does a lot of training. She's an instructor for Mental Health First Aid. And Susie runs the Kind Fest, all about kindness. So crucial. Especially now, we all need to be kind. It's such an easy thing. Costs nothing. And kindness makes the world go round. It's a ripple effect. And, you know, you never know what someone is going through. So it's just so important that we're all kind to one another so thank you for listening thank you kev and tom once again um and like i said if you want to get involved if you would like to be a guest on the show just 
get a hold of the contact details which you'll see on this podcast uh, or I'll tell you them now email hello at thejoeplum.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joeplumuk or Twitter and Instagram by going to the handle at joeplumuk thank you very much and we'll speak to you next time this is Togetherness Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 